0: Well, hello, and welcome again to the podcast, Redefining Family. This is your host, Jonathan Wilson. I am extremely excited for this next episode. It demonstrates the love that a father can have for his daughter of trans experience, and it's just a loving episode. The other big thing, too, is that uh, this marks the end of our season, two. So very excited to keep this going. We're going to pause for a little bit. And obviously this is maybe the last episode for season two, but certainly not the least episode. So I'm excited to go ahead and tune in. (laughs) All right. So this is a kind of blast from the past. I have one of my old colleagues and friends, Jonathan Goldstein and his daughter, Maddie Goldstein. Jonathan is an old friend and colleague. I said he and his wife were married for are married for a little over 20 years and proud parents of two amazing kids, as he describes. Maddie is an 18-year-old and Micah, who is 16, and just parenting two amazing daughters. He has been a youth group advisor to Temple Youth Groups affiliated with the North American Federation of Temple Youth, NFTY for short, off and on since 1998. When not attending youth group events, he can be found in his synagogue, where he has a cantorial soloist, which I have no idea what that is, but I'm totally going to ask him about it. But more often than not, you can also imagine him managing the energy and utility practice at CG Infinity. Welcome, Jonathan, and I'm going to introduce Maddie, so, Maddie's daughter. Maddie Goldstein is an 18-year-old entrepreneur and artist. She is the creator of a film and music studio devoted to encompassing capturing and bringing to life the creative visions of its clients i love that so welcome to both of you thank you for joining and you already know what my first question is (laughs) what is a cantorial (laughs) soloist
1: (laughs) so in the the jewish world a cantorial soloist is the person at a at a worship service who brings the music and we call ourselves cantorial soloists because cantors are, are ordained. They go to school to become cantors, and it's a very special designation. So out of respect for you know, the hard work and dedication that they put into becoming cantors, we call ourselves soloists because we, we do the music side, but not everything that a cantor does. But I guess in the Christian world, you would call us a worship leader, right? We're in charge of the music. Oh. Okay, all right. <laughs> so that translated for me. I get, I get that. And what's funny about
0: that is not many people know this. So I'm gonna, the audience is gonna hear about this probably for the first time. But my mom was married after my dad to a gentleman with the last name Goldstein, and so I went by oh. Jonathan Wilson Goldstein for like a year.
2: <laughs> so, oh my god, that was so totally funny. Random. Oh my god, really no cool. <laughs> so,
0: so, we have the same name for a quick minute. <laughs> So I'm very intrigued. This is such a great story. And this is the first thing we've ever done a father daughter duo. And I love that. I'm just going to ask, you know, the question, you know, Jonathan is as, as far back as you can remember. When was the first time that you realized that your daughter was really a daughter?
1: Mm. You know, it's funny. I've been spending a lot of time kind of peeling that onion back. I would say, You know, now, now, Maddie and I've talked about this a lot. Like, like, when was you know clearly in kindergarten we realized that we had a super sensitive child, very sensitive about gender issues, very sensitive about the way people talk about girls or this and boys or that, and and Maddie has always been just super sensitive to those things. So we knew we had we knew that, like, we but we didn't really link it to like, oh, there's this gender identity challenge that's going on, right? And so, you know, there was that. Then I, you know, there was this summer where Maddie had a really just, wasn't the greatest experience, a summer camp that is very special to my wife and I, cause that's where we met. And Maddie just had, I mean, kind of a terrible summer. We couldn't, when we thought it was like, oh, well, Maddie's this creative, she's musical, you know, maybe it's just bad summer. Like we remember very vividly. You know now I connected to something very different going on, but I think in the moment it was like uh, our child is just not like other you know at that time boys their age right like where like not a sporto, not a like you know just very into Jewish music, like just not your typical middle school age child right, but around sophomore year in high school we we noticed. This very intense anxiety coming from the experience that he was having going to school and hearing again these teachers putting genders in buckets and genders have to be this and 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 it really like viscerally affected her and it was because of that that we actually pulled her out of the program that she was in and put her you know paired her with a really good therapist and and it was through that journey that. I think Maddie came to the realization like, oh, this is what's going on. So what's so so interesting about this, this this whole piece, everything
0: that's happening here is happening in Texas, right? So, I mean, in Texas, isn't really known for its warm and friendly gender, (laughs) gender (laughs) non-conforming appreciation, right? So, you know, I'm going to turn it now to Maddie and just ask you the question. So you're living this, right? So, your father has his instincts. It's probably going back and he and his wife or, you know, he and your mom are, are going back and talking in the bedroom, you know, whatever. And they're trying to figure it out. But what's going on with you internally during this journey? Like start back when you were five,
2: right? Yeah. So it's the main thing that I, so a lot of it is blurry. A lot of, a lot of, my life is blurry and kind of, I don't really remember much, but what I do remember feeling- There was, might be a protection
0: mechanism, by the way. <laughs>
2: so. it, it 100% is. We've, yeah. we've, we've figured that out in therapy. It was, it, it, was a, it was a trauma response. I always remembered feeling a strong like, disconnect and, and isolation with regard to how I was treated based on things I couldn't control, like how I was born and now you know i can say that and put it together but at the time it was just a lot of like why is this happening to me what is this and it was uh incredibly distressing i remember i came home from school one day and this might have been like in third grade or something and i just absolutely lost it i was crying at the kitchen table because of a, a trigger that happened and at that point in my life, like, I kind of didn't really know that it was possible for someone like me to exist. I didn't really know that, like, this was an option. So at that point, I was just like, why was I dealt these cards? And I still am like that. But without knowing anything else, like, it's just like, why? Why does this exist? Why do, why do I have to fight this fight? This is not fair. And a lot of the intense negative emotions just came from, like, this is so unfair. And I hate it. And I hate the way that I'm being treated, and I hate what I have to deal with physically, and I all of it just is incredibly emotionally degrading. And you know, I, I like I said before, you know, I'm putting those pieces together now. Yeah, um, of course. But, but it, it was By hard. The way, to you're kind of you're going to continue putting together. You're
0: only 18,
2: <laughs> so, so you
0: probably have another 10 years before it really starts to make sense.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean and I and I think, you know, like at this point I feel a lot more confident and sure about my identity, but again, like back when I was little I didn't really know that it was possible. And I wouldn't necessarily give give this possibility like a, a five-star review or anything. It still kind of sucks, but it's a lot better than the alternative.
1: And I think you also didn't have the words. And I think those words, you know, those, a third grader doesn't have those words. Like they don't right. you can't
2: possibly understand to a, yeah, to a certain extent. but Also, when we exist in this environment, this environment, when I say that, I mean like just the way that people are treated socially just in the world. When we live in an environment like this, there aren't a lot of options. You're not really introduced to concepts of, of anything other than the binary and what goes along with it. And for millions of people, that's an incredibly... Traumatizing and confining experience to have to live. Yeah, when you're just in an environment where your existence isn't really out of as an option, it's hard to, to put together an explanation for how you're feeling when you don't even have the words.
0: A lot of people feel like they're trapped in a body that isn't theirs. A lot of people that I know that have felt like you know, because you know, your gender is very different, obviously, than your sexuality, etc. Right. So, you know, for you, did you feel like you were trapped in a body that wasn't yours? Was that like, was that a lot of that feeling?
2: Yeah, I didn't realize it at the time. But yes, and that's gonna be a thing I feel for the rest of my life. I'm crossing my fingers that that it diminishes in intensity, but to a certain extent, that is that is just always going to be a reality for me. But certainly a lot more intense, especially like in the teens, early teens, I'm still a teenager, but like the early teens, when things start to change and people start to act differently. And it feels like you feel trapped, not just in the sense of like trapped in your body, but you feel trapped because your body is doing all of these things. And you're looking at all of these people around you and their bodies are doing what yours is supposed to do. And yours isn't doing that. And you're like, what, like, why, why is this happening to me? Like, what's?" why why you know why why don't i get to you know do these things that i see all these other people doing and that was a really difficult thing for sure and it it still is it's i mean i'm I'm doing a lot of i have been doing a lot of work in therapy to to learn how to exist in this world without it hurting me so much all the time but to a certain extent that's again always going to be a reality
0: so out of curiosity, I mean, did you get a chance to start dating in high school or is that something that is that like you're so busy working on other stuff that you're <laughs> you're like that's a whole different ball game?
2: <laughs> no. So so actually I, I did. I've I've had some wonderful relationships. My first, you know, actual relationship was before I transitioned. I'm still friends with her. She's incredible. She has been an, an amazing supporter of mine and still talk to this day. And you know, looking back there are I mean I there are always barriers in relationships with regard to my my clearness But I remember them being more confusing pre-transition. I had another great relationship after I transitioned and it was interesting that time because I was experiencing some of the same emotional strain with relation to my queerness, but This time I understood it and I can vocalize it. And uh, my partner was incredibly supportive. And and yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to think about the fact that like I could have been labeled as being in like a a straight relationship when I was little. That's not what I identify with. But it certainly was not a traumatic experience to an extent that like is damaging. Like I, I still, you know, those people are great people and I don't have any... No. luckily i'm I'm very grateful for the fact that in that area of my life I've been very lucky
0: so I mean in in I mean I guess the piece that's interesting though is that you're considered to be heterosexual if you date men now by the way
2: right yes <laughs> I, I don't think I would be doing that but yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> how do you, how do you identify do you identify as queer then
2: I yeah I just, I, yeah gay trans I'm a gay woman that's me I'm a lesbian whatever you want to call it I I like women I like well and uh, the, the thing is like it kind of gets a little complicated because one of the people is that this going to talk about in front of your dad your like I've never heard this no no okay
0: okay go okay
2: no no this is fine. one of the people I dated when I started dating them she used she her pronouns and. end of our relationship she was using she they pronouns so i as as they learned more about their identity the relationship kind of morphed but nothing like changed like relationship wise like it's just like okay you're my partner like so i i don't think i would gravitate towards people that use he him pronouns i think that's definitely not a possibility from my sexuality but other than that it does kind of kind of gray area
0: i love this So you mentioned that you went through the transition or you did the transition process. How old were you when you started that? And then, you know, what was your experience like?
2: So I'm very much still in it. There are two kind of areas. There's the social aspect and the physical aspect. And the social aspect happened in two stages. The first part was kind of, you know, introducing myself to my close circle of people. And then I you know, publicly was out. When I came out I didn't really know my name, but I knew that I was a girl. And so through that process I came to learn that my name was Patty. Once I was kind of for sure about everything about myself, I came out publicly. But then physically it's a whole different ball game. There's a whole process for gender affirming care. Looking back at it, so ridiculously lucky at my timing. I am kind of terrified to think about what would have happened if I learned this about myself any later, because among other things, you know, gender affirming care was one of the things that saved my life. And I'm not a year in, maybe like seven months months into HRT. And that has been absolutely incredible.
0: And then I'm going to ask you, Jonathan, how hard was it as a parent? Right. So, I mean, this, there's no secret around this, but, you know, a lot of parents go through this mourning stage in the very beginning when they do realize that their son is their daughter, right? So there's a stage that you go through as a parent where you're just like, wow, all the things that I imagined <laughs> in utero and et cetera. Like, those are just going to be different. It's not, you know, they're just going to be different. And so the question I have for you is, what was that like for you
1: as a parent? It's an interesting question. I think there is that element of, I understand, you know, that more, the, the word mourning of, like, it is sort of the, kind of the, yeah, like, what you imagined is, like, it's got to shift. But at the same time, we were, just, I think Dana and I were just so concerned with, Maddie feeling 100% supported. And in terms of the love we had for her, nothing changed, Oh, right? I think as a parent, what is hard for parents of transgender kids, I think is the knowledge that like something that was a happy memory for you was a not so happy memory for your child, right? So there are milestone moments in Maddie's life that we have pictures of that don't bring us trauma to look at, like those were happy memories. Right. And, but Maddie can look at that same picture and it's like she has to look away. Right. I guess it's like learning that and respecting that and just accepting that that, you know, that has to be okay right now. Like, you know, we get our memories and that's okay, but, but they're triggering for Maddie and that's not okay. So, so I'd rather, you know, we'd rather just err on the side of support and then, you know, then, then push anything else. So I think that's to me the journey as a parent is, is that and, and, but there will be a fear that I live with because so few people in this world are capable of accepting Maddie and, and other kids like Maddie. And that hurts of just knowing like, you know, am I going to keep be able to keep my child safe? And that is clearly like in today's climate, that is a, a diminishing hope. Right. So so that that's worrisome, right? You're going to make me cry. You're such a loving father. <laughs> I'm
0: just like, ah, uh, it's hard because the way that we as society treat anyone who is not in this, what we call norm, it's just, it's getting worse and worse. And I, um, you know, I have to say Trump isn't left their mark. <laughs> so, so that uh, definitely, that definitely is carried. I'm sorry to hear about the Abbott program shutting down, not surprised, but...
1: Um... I was just going to say, like, I think, I feel like that's what's prompting my need to be an advocate and, and hopefully an ally to the LGBTQIA plus community that, you know, I, I'm, I'm ardently hetero, like, I'm cisgender, like, I, I I can't live or understand that experience, but but I just hear too many terrible stories like yours, Jonathan, and other people where it's just like I can't imagine stop like not loving my children like I just I can't put myself into that position where that part where I, I could you know I just can't do that like so to do, be the voice of like you know you don't have to stop loving your kid you know how about you know I think when Maddie came out I was like okay what do we need to do you know what do you need from us right like that that was the, the initial response it wasn't like oh like well now I need to cut you off. Like, I, I, I can't even put myself in that place. And so for all the parents out there, I think, who have done that or would do that, like, just shame on them. They're like, you you brought a child into this world and they deserve love. So Yeah, that's very
0: true. Every child deserves love. I, I very much agree with that. And, you know, when we talk about parenting and some of the things that you appreciated, Maddie, that were supportive, you know, what were a few things that, parents can do to be supportive of their trans-identifying children?
2: That's a really, really great question. And I think, you know, my dad has been a very good example of of what to do. I think the, the world has conditioned everyone, especially people in generations before mine, that anyone who's queer is like this, like, abnormal, like, task to be handled. Task? Yeah, yeah like okay my my kid's queer like how do i handle this like how do what, what do i you know and the reality is like i'm still i'm just i'm still your kid like and that goes for any other queer person like they are still your kid they haven't changed you're still the, the same the same person you're just finding in yourself the courage and the self-respect to uh, exist in a way that's more authentic to your identity and if i was a parent and i saw that i saw my child do that i wouldn't be like Like, I would be like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. The last thing I was going to say is that, like, all the specific situations where, like, one parent might ask, like, what do I do in this situation if I want to be supportive of my queer child? Like, that can get so specific and and so situational. But the the main important thing is that just if you lead with a, a source of empathy, if you start with, like, my child is suffering some emotional pain because of this situation that they've been put into and they are doing everything they can to feed themselves more so that it hurts less and as long as you lead with like that's what my child is doing and I want to help them be their happiest self all of the situational specific things will just come into place but you need to lead with a a point of empathy and just be like okay like this is how you're feeling and I can imagine like but you'd be wanting to, to do because of that, and all of the other situations will fall into place. And I think there's a, a pretty massive, massive empathy shortage in, in the world, and it's the root of a lot of issues that we all face. Is just like, just lead with that, and all the other stuff will, will work out, which is definitely something I've yeah,
1: learned from. Because I think, my, yeah, I think my parenting style is you know, like, try and solve it, right? Because that's what I do for a living, I solve problems, right? So, like, oh, like, yeah. But you know, I think Maddie's kind of taught me, like, I don't need you to solve this problem. I just need, I'm telling you where I'm at, you know, and um, <laughs> so I've had to like, learn to dial it back. <laughs> yeah. Don't
0: solve, just listen.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's so much more you can do on the empathy side of things than you can on the physical side of things. The reality is. A lot of queer people face a lot of things that parents can't change. But what they can do is support and put themselves in their child's shoes and imagine what it would be like and and act accordingly. And it's not that hard. You just have to care about people and think of them as human beings and everything else will fall into place. It's not that deep, I promise.
0: Imagine that, thinking that that people are... People to be thought of as humans—that's such a hard <laughs> concept. Yeah,
2: age-old issue for us, unfortunately. There's an aspect
1: of Maddie's journey that I think part of being a parent of—I don't know—you know, you know a, a you know, a child like Maddie, or is what Maddie's going through. Like, I can't understand. Like, there aren't words to make me understand, and and I'm not feeling it. So, like, I'll never know. Like there's this great phrase in the training that nifty provides for advisors where they teach us this phrase of you you don't have to understand it in order to support and i think that's so fundamental as as a cisgender heterosexual male like i'm not going to understand right i can't possibly like i am conforming but like you know like and there and it's kind of pointless to try to understand that's not that's not what's being asked of you what's being asked of you is Hey, I need you to change some things about how you reference me. I need to, you know, where I'm, I need a shift in this direction. But I'm not asking you to understand. I'm just asking you to support my journey, and I think that's that's so fundamental. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's very key. I mean, in terms of how you support, one thing that I guess I I'm also struggling with too is, you know, the 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 environment of Texas and being in high school in Texas, and. Oh, cool understanding, you know, it's like, but there's a lot, but there, I mean, there's there's more Maddies out there, you know, that Paul, we live in Texas. So the question is, what do you tell those kids to do in terms of Maddie in terms of their survival, right? Like there's someone going through your
2: experience,
0: just five years behind you.
2: It's really tough and it's heartbreaking because no one deserves to, I mean, number one, no one deserves to go through this at all. But number two, if you have to go through it, you shouldn't have to go through it alone. Not only alone, but facing negativity. Negativity is, is the, the, the biggest way that someone's surroundings can get impacted. So for, for people who are not fortunate enough to be in a situation where they're surrounded with support, the helpful thing to remember is that what unifies us is our, is our struggle. What we, there are other people out there that are going through the same thing that you're going through. You're not alone. You're not fighting this fight by yourself, even though it might feel like it, especially in this age where you can go onto a subreddit and talk to a bunch of, which I've done before, talk to a bunch of very supportive trans people that identify with the same gender as you and have encountered similar struggles. Like, I've done it before. I've literally gone onto the MTF subreddit and asked questions and asked for support. And there are so many people out there that experience the same pain that you do. And if you push through, there will be a time where the pain is less severe. And I think that's the thing to remember. And it's something that's universal to everyone's experiences that like, in order to get through it, you just have to know that it's going to be different. It's going to be better. I just have to keep pushing through. But it's, it's the hardest thing in the world to do. So are there, are there
0: programs that you found supportive that still exist? I should probably put that in there now. But are there programs that, are there programs that uh, you know about that, that you might tell people to, to go to?
2: I've used the Trevor Project several times. Trevor Project is great in moments of crisis. Incredible. So just support systems in person. If you don't have support systems in person, there are support systems online. One thing I love about my community is that for the most part, we are welcoming and accepting and and we tend to lead with empathy. So like I was saying before, like you can go on to a sub Reddit with people that identify to things similar to your experience and you will find a lot of validation in that in moments of struggle.
0: I'm really happy that you guys used Trevor Project. I think Trevor Project is amazing, they do so much. So, you know, it's
2: really necessary.
0: And I too have, you know, struggled with my own thoughts of suicide and I am fully medicated and totally admit it. <laughs> <So. Same. laughs> the way it goes. <clears throat> Ain't no shame in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things that that's, that's just something that some, sometimes people need that, right. To help them carry through. But, um, I'm glad that you found solace in the, um, and the Trevor Project. So, well, what about you, Jonathan? What what kind of advice would you give to parents and to and if you have any thoughts around kids going through? I know you said that you personally just don't have those feelings or story, but you were
1: able to empathize and you did notice things. And you know, what advice would you give? Lead with love. Your child is going through something that is scary, right? That's it. It's. It, it's Scary to be non-conforming. So the last thing they need is, you know, a more stress to some an already stressful situation of real, you know, realizing and accepting who you are and putting a name on it and figuring it out. Like so, certainly my my mode was like I didn't want to be one of the stress factors, right? And I do have those moments where like uh, the last um, youth group event I was at. One of the kids came, did come up to me. I think because of the dynamic that Maddie and I have, and and came up and was like, "How do I come out to my parents?" And that is a very mm. difficult question to answer, right? Because I think Maddie knew how it was going to go, right? Like I, I don't, but I can understand 60. and appreciate. That. Yes, and I can under, I can appreciate how not every kid feels that they're in a safe space at home. That there's ignorance and there's malformed religious views and given that i can't control those people all <laughs> right like it, it was a really hard question to answer because i didn't want to say the wrong thing but i do think the right thing is that a huge uh, you know, this she was asking me like how do you know how do i start this conversation and i finally just kind of turned and i was like you know what the only part of that, con- that conversation that you can control is what you say and the response you cannot control, you cannot prepare for it. You know, people are going to respond and they're going to respond and there's nothing you can do about it and be who you are and, and just know that that's okay. And hopefully your parents accept you for that. But if they don't, somebody else will, and you know, we help you find support elsewhere. Like I didn't, I didn't know what more to say, I guess. I love that.
0: That's that's right. Oh goodness. Well, I'd say this is really a very like loving and, I have to say it's uncommon <laughs> so it's very unique and i have to say i know what your job entails jonathan so for you to come home and be supportive is like probably an extra level of effort that i don't think anybody will understand or you know or i don't think any kid would understand i mean, i think maddie in 20 years you may understand but It's like that's an extra level of love that a lot of parents don't have the bandwidth, emotional bandwidth to do. So Mm. I I do I do applaud both of you and and Maddie, I you need to come to West Hollywood so we can hang out.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. I'll hit you up. (laughs) sounds great. I totally do that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Really, really quickly, can I just add something in? Yes. What, what, what are your, yeah. What words of wisdom do you want to give? Yes. I was listening to what you said about like putting in this effort to, to support someone who's queer. And I do think that there are obstacles that come with people who are queer, but I think it's also important to be very clear that there's nothing wrong with being the way you are and it shouldn't be difficult to treat someone the way that they'd like to be treated that it shouldn't it shouldn't be a, a major obstacle it should just be kind of like i'm gonna treat this you know like it, it shouldn't it shouldn't require an extra level of bandwidth to respect someone at, at basic human decency you know and i mean and, and there is a lot of emotional weight that comes with being the parent of a transgender child for sure but from like a support standpoint i'd would want other trans people to know that it doesn't take more effort to love them. You know?
1: Yeah. I would I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I would wholeheartedly yeah, agree it's with it's that. Important that. Important I, to love. I don't feel like, yeah. yeah I don't feel any like more or less effort to be your dad. <laughs> like, you know, that nothing, nothing changed in that respect. I don't think.
0: Yeah. I, I just, maybe I'm sorry. Maybe I was, I was putting it on and I'll own this. Maybe I was putting it on, The fact that there's so much negativity out there and so much hatred out there that Mm -hmm. as a parent you worry a little bit extra around your kid and it's just i think maybe i think about that being the heavy the heavy hard right (laughs) and so maybe that maybe
1: that's what i for for sure well and that's that's yeah yep. well for sure and and when and and that was kind of that moment of, of like can i keep maddie safe right? And 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 Maddie's at that age where like you go to on to university and you're away from home, or you go start your big business, right? And and you she might move out of the house, and, and my ability con- to control to keep her safe right. will be less and less, and I will have to rely on other people to do the right thing. And as you know, Jonathan, not everybody does the right thing. You know, there's a lot know of people:
0: the like, I know about I know about worrying in general. Right,
2: (laughs) and I think that worry is a is a feeling that the parent and the child can share together. I don't think it has to be an obstacle that that the parent has to face alone because that's a concern that I think about too. You know, I don't want to. When my dad and I, when we confront these these big obstacles, we're we're going at it together. It's not Mm -hmm. not like I, I need something, and it's my dad's responsibility to do that. It's it's. we have been dealt these difficult cards and we will go through it together and we'll carry that burden together and it's not that the weight isn't just on your shoulders it's on our shoulders and we can you know the, the only way you get through that is side by side it's in that there's no order it's together you know I love that
0: that's beautiful that's beautiful you have a, you have a partner and your daughter <laughs> it's just that's pretty awesome that's pretty awesome i do have to say that you know and thank and thank you for it's funny it's as, as i go through the journey of myself of wanting to be a parent and everything else it's just you know i'm already like maybe i'm already just worried about society <laughs> so, but i'm still gonna go through yeah. the journey well,
1: but, and you <laughs> they're, they're well they're, i remember like younger associates saying like well, when should i start a family and I'm just like, there's never a good time to start family. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, there's, you know, you, you do it because you want to. And it's a, and, I mean, certainly there's an element of, you know, are you financially stable? Are you, you know, are, can you, you, do you have the, the ability to take care of a, a, another you know, thing, if you will? Great. But you, there's never a good time to become a parent, I don't think. Like, you just you do it because you know you're ready.
2: There's never a good time to become a child.
1: no i love that
0: yeah it's true (laughs) it's a journey for you know for life i love this stuff so you guys taught me so much i love when i see healthy relationships you know between different family members and it's just part of me is jealous and the other part of me is is happy for you i have to say i really wish i really wish my Free dad
2: hug. Free dad hug. Oh, here. Free dad hug. I was, I was gonna say, I, I mean, I, I don't know too much about your experience, but I would love to listen and and be supportive any way I can. I think that the obstacles that you've had to face, based on what I've heard, have been incredibly daunting, and your strength is not going unseen for sure.
0: Oh, thank you. That's really sweet. Thank you.
2: Well, it,
0: it, continue enjoying. The next, I guess, weekend or, you know, the next few, you know, months, I guess. I don't know how much how
2: much longer are you in L.A.? Here until the 12th. So we've got some time to mark up our calendars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, enjoy. Enjoy the rest of your time. You've been a, you guys. Been, you've been lovely, lovely, lovely guests. And thank you for sharing your story. So
1: thank you. I'm honored to be here for thank inviting you. me and, and Maddie.
2: There's no
0: air left to breathe do you just wanna to be left outside the grid it's all for sure i didn't know i wonder what it meant to be